the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The first six letters in Christmas are C-H-R-I-S and T. What's that spell? Christ, which should remind us that we celebrate Christmas for Christ's sake. Jesus, who gave us the greatest gift of all, salvation, which costs us nothing, but costs him everything. He is the reason for Christmas and every season. Many of us miss the real meaning of Christmas because we focus on giving gifts that last for a season rather than gifts of the spirit that last a lifetime and from generation to generation. Today, Pastor Rander compels us to remember that Christ is Christmas. Thank you for listening in today. Have your Bible close by and have pen and paper handy. People's financial accounts are in a mess because of greed. You in debt because of greed. Husbands and wives are fighting. They can't get along because of greed. And now you're being strangled with debt. Others of you are held captive by pornography. It's easy to get to now. It's all in the gadgets. You can take things around. You say, well, my child don't have it. Some child next, sitting next to him can say, look at this. Some of you held captive by sexual immorality. You've been sleeping with somebody you're not married to. And do you want, and you believe these commercials that think they're going to make you feel good. You still dying. We need to commit to purity to our husbands and to our wives. You ought not be bringing foreign diseases home because you're playing in the, playing in the gutter somewhere. Y'all can get quiet if you want to. I'm going to still preach. And just because you looking pretty and looking handsome don't mean you moral. You can look just as good and be just as immoral as you can be. You can look just as nice with a two-ton Bible and still walk out of here and do some of the damnedest things. Some of you bound by hate. You hate other races. Who's responsible for what color they are? Nobody. I'm a bald-headed black preacher and I'm, I look good. <laughs> I don't have no self-esteem problem. And I don't have to have, have any add-ons. That's right. You know why? You say, why you, you vain pastor? No, I ain't vain. My Bible tells me in Psalms 139, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm somebody's child. I'm not trying to get bigger lips and bigger hips. I ain't paying for all that stuff. Folk do all that and don't even tithe. Folk held captive by stinginess. You want the, the, the most for the least or the most for nothing. And that's why stuff breaking. You know, this, this society is inherently corrupt. 
It really is. I mean, you can buy stuff today and it's nearby broke tomorrow. If not tomorrow, the day after warranty is off. That's right. That's right. I bought, we were living in a certain area and my air condition went out, my wife tell you, less than five years, brand new house. Then there was a time we lived in another house in less than five years. The air condition went out. I said, what's wrong with this less than five years? They fixed this stuff to break. It's not made to run. You know, my mama, she has a, deep, a green deep freezer. You know them boxes, them big box green, and you have to raise that joker up like that? That thing is almost 40 years old, and it's still working, still freezing turkeys, still freezing foods, and just as cold as any refrigerator in here. They don't make stuff to last. They want you to come back. It's called greed. Greed. Stinginess and, 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 and uh, greed and all these things. Circumstances. Some of you are held captive by your circumstances. You will not experience the joy and freedom in Christ until you receive Christ and surrender him into your life. Now, next question. When did Jesus come? Some of y'all said, well, you're not going to finish your day. Aha! When did Jesus come? Galatians 4.4. Galatians 4.4. When did Jesus come? But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. In other words, according to Galatians 4.4, it talks about when Jesus came. Jesus came in the fullness of time. Say fullness of time. You, you know what that means. His coming was not too early and it wasn't too late. God Almighty. It, but, but just at the right time, just at the exact time, just at, at the precise time set by the Father in human history, God sent forth his son born under Jewish law of a woman from whom he received his humanity to deliver us from the power and penalty of sin by giving us his one and only son as a ransom for many. Jesus Christ paid the price of redemption by shedding his blood on Calvary in full. He came in the fullness of time. Nobody can rush God. At the exact precise time, God invaded human history through his beloved son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, that's when did he come? The next question I pose is, how did Jesus come? How did Jesus come? Number one, he was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Look at Matthew chapter 1 verse 20. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit. It says, but while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Wow, that's big. Turn to Luke chapter 1, verses 31 and 35. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit. This is how Jesus came. Luke chapter 1, verse 31, it says, and 35, it says, And behold, you will conceive in your womb, Mary, and bring forth a son. 
and shall call his name Jesus. You know, Jesus means Jehovah save, savior, save, salvation. And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Let me just elaborate here. The Holy Spirit impregnated the womb of Mary without a man. That's the miracle. Huh? The Holy Spirit impregnated the womb of Mary without a man. Now, if your child came home and said, the Holy Ghost made me pregnant. I know it's going to be some hell in the house. So I can understand how Joseph felt. He didn't understand what was going on. That's why there had to be divine intervention. He had never heard of so That was nonsense. He was trying to figure out what he was going to do with this woman. The betrothal period was a binding period. You know, it was very binding. And all the only way it could be broken was with divorce. And so, it, it, so, so, so this was a miraculous supernatural event which made Jesus fully God and through Mary, Jesus received his humanity making him fully man who was born without sin. Capture this thought. Jesus was one person with two natures. Okay? Jesus was what? One person with what? What are the two natures? He had the nature of God and he had the nature of man and yet he is Jesus. My God, I get excited about that. Listen, in other words, I'm going to tell you something. People that don't believe in the virgin birth is lost and on their way to hell. Because that, if you don't believe in the validity of the virgin birth, you mean that means that Jesus came into fruition through Mary and Joseph, the sperm of Joseph. And so that, make, that, make, that means that Jesus would have a sin nature. And make, that would mean he was a sinner. And then how he's going to down the cross when he's a sinner like you and me. So that strike at the whole redemptive process. That's the significance of the virgin birth. Uh, number two, he was born of a virgin. Isaiah seven fourteen says, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Matthew 1.23 says, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. In other words, Isaiah prophesied that the coming Messiah would be born of a virgin, which refer a virgin. It refers to an unmarried woman who has not had sexual relations with a man. Mary, by the Holy Spirit, miraculously conceived Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit, overshadowing the womb of Mary. That is a supernatural event. It was divine intervention, and it happened. And if you don't believe it, you are in serious trouble with God. Number three, uh, how, how, how did he come? Uh, he came... In bodily form as a God baby who grew up into a God man. 
That's how he came. He came as he came in what kind of form? Bodily. In other words, he wasn't some kind of spirit floating around. He came in bodily form as a babe who grew up into a man. This God baby became a God man. Thank you, Holy Ghost. You know what society wants to do? Wants to do? They want to keep Jesus as a baby. Because if, he, if you keep him a baby, then you don't have to be accountable to a baby. You know, you can just put a baby in it. Well, you can put a baby in time out. But let me tell you something. Jesus is no longer a baby. This baby grew up into a God man. Yes, it, d- it does. Uh, he was a man. Uh, Philippians 2, 8a says, and being found in the appearance as a man. That's what it says. He was a man. He grew up into a man. First Timothy 2, 5 says, for there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. Jesus was a man. Luke 2, 40 says, and the child grew. And became strong in spirit. Now listen, why did he grow? He he grew because he was a human baby, being God. He grew and he did not skip the developmental process of life physically. Jesus was God in human flesh. He had a body as an infant. He did what babies do. He grew as a child. He went through adolescence and teenage years on into adulthood. As a man, Jesus thirsted. As a man, he wept. As a man, he bled blood. As a man, he died. All of which affirms the humanity of Jesus Christ. But as God, he stilled the storm. As God, he said, hush to the raging sea. As God, he healed the sick. He opened blinded eyes. He unstopped deaf ears. As God, he raised the dead. As he was so much God till he told Philip, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I and the Father are one. As God. As God. He was both God and man. Uh, Number four, how did he come? He came in humility. Say humility. He came in humility. Uh, If you have your Bibles, turn to Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 8. He came in humility. The scripture says in Philippians 2, 5 through 8, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, and coming in the likeness of men, and being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. In other words, the supreme example of selfless humility in all of heaven and earth is seen in the Lord Jesus Christ as he leaves heaven's throne. As he leaves his majesty, his splendor, his royalty, and his beauty. And he humbles himself, coming into a sin-cursed world, subjecting himself to his own sinful creation. He could have been born anywhere, but God chose to be born in a stinky manger. To poor peasant parents. He was poor. You say, how you know he was poor? Because Mary had to offer up two turtle doves. And that's only offered up by those who are poor. Okay, in closing. I have a couple of points, a few points, and I'll be done. 
What should be the believer's response to the birth of Christ? Now that you heard all of this doctrine, what should be the, the believer's response to the birth of Christ? Number one, oh, come, let us worship him. That's, that's what we ought to be doing this Christmas season. Shame on you if you're so busy that you can't get to the Lord's house on the Lord's day to worship Jesus. Uh, the wise men said in Matthew chapter two, verse two, where is he? That's a good question. I wish I could stop there. I can preach, right? You know, if I just had my way, if I could preach for five hours, I, I would go on and not get that. The good, good question is, where is he? In other words, when you look at, where's God in the church? Huh? Where is he in your life? Where is he on your job? Where is he? Have you dismissed him? What a question. Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. And just as the wise men, when we come into the presence of our king and savior into the house of God, we should be moved to bow down and worship the king of glory. And not only the house of God, you ought to worship him in your own homes. You ought to worship him wherever the spirit of God leads you to worship him. You ought to worship him. My question is, where is God in your life? Can people take note that you have been with Jesus? Are you turning the world, your world upside down because folks see so much Jesus at you? When is the last time somebody got mad because of your position about Jesus Christ? Or is he lost in the activities and functions of your life? Number two, what is the believer's response? Oh, come, let us thank him. We ought to be thankful this Christmas season. Second Corinthians 9.15 says, Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. His indescribable gift. Our response to the person and works of Jesus should be a heart that is filled with thanksgiving and praise and worship for the greatest inexpressible gift in all of mankind. You ought to be thankful this season. You ought to be thankful. I mean, you ought to be thankful that you got running water. Who had to go fetch water this morning? Huh? How many of you had to go draw some water? Huh? How many of you were outdoors without a house this morning? How many of you didn't have nothing put on, to put on so you came here skippy because you had no clothes? We are so blessed, but the more blessed we are, the, most, the most uglier we get. The third response of the believer is this. Oh, come, let us offer gifts to King Jesus. Matthew 2, 1 and 2. Oh, come, let us offer gifts to King Jesus. Matthew 2, 1 and 2 says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jesus, saying, Where is he? There it is again. Where is he who is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to, look, worship him. Matthew 2, 10, 11 says, When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy and when they had come into the house they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worship him and when they had opened their treasures they presented gifts to King Jesus gold 
frankincense and myrrh. They did not give him a little stinky dollar. Just as the wise men, we too must come before the king to worship him and not become not come before the Lord empty handed in the house of God. The wise men brought their best gifts and laid them before King Jesus. It says gold, frankincense and myrrh. Let me break that down. Gold represents his kingship, his nobility and his royalty. Gold represents his what? Kingship. Nobility and royalty. Frankincense represents the deity of Jesus Christ, who is our great high priest. It represents frankincense represents the deity of Jesus Christ, who is our great high priest. That's what it represents. And myrrh represents the humanity, the suffering and the death of Jesus Christ. Myrrh was used in preparation for Christ's burial. Therefore, we too, like the wise men, we must give our very best. To him with what he has blessed us with and lay it before King Jesus. Isn't it amazing how we give gifts to everybody else, but don't give gifts to the king whose birthday it is. Jesus Christ get left out while we bless one another in the name of Christ. Uh, The believer's response, number four, oh, come, let us embrace God's gift of salvation. Oh, come, let us embrace God's gift of salvation. Isaiah 55, 6, 7 says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. In other words, you need to forsake your wickedness, repent and cry out to God for dirty mouths and cussing and looking at stuff you ought not be seeing and saying stuff and acting uh, silly and being foolish. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 says, come to me. All you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Many, instead of embracing and receiving the gift of Jesus Christ, who is an invaluable, priceless gift, who offered up his life, paying the ultimate sacrifice for us, instead of us offering him praise, many of you are most ungrateful to the point that you are arrogant. Do you know something? Listen to me well. I'm about done. People die and go to hell because they reject the gift of Jesus Christ. That's right. That's why they die and go to hell. Because they reject the gift of Jesus Christ. That's what sends a man, woman, and child to hell. That's what sends you to hell. Rejecting Jesus sends one to hell. And what you do with Jesus determines where you go in, uh, when, when, you, when you die. You in Christ, you go to heaven. You don't know Christ, you go straight to hell. The Bible tells us so. And finally, but not the least, our response as believers is this. Oh, come, let us serve him. John 12, 26 C says, if anyone serves me, him, my father will honor. If anyone loves me, him, my father will honor. Jesus came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. And our response is to love God back with all of our hearts, with all of our minds, with all of our soul, with all of our strengths. In other words, uh, we must use these vessels as honorable vessels to him. Our bodies are to be presented to God as instruments of righteousness to the king of glory. 
You know, the best thing you can give God this Christmas, you and I can give God this Christmas, is a gift of a totally surrendered life. That's what God wants from you, is the gift of a totally surrendered life. Lord, my hands are yours. I'll, do, I'll, I'll use my hands to do what you want me to do. Lord, my feet are yours. Wherever you want me to go, I'll go. Lord, my mouth is yours. Whatever you want me to say, I'll say. Lord, my ears are yours. I'll only listen to your voice and your voice alone and not be intimidated by the elitists of the opinions of the philosophies and ideologies of this world system that's spiraling me into sin and separation from you from you. In other words, Lord, here I am. Use me. And may Jesus be seen so much through me that folk can't miss Jesus because of how I have yielded my bodily instruments, my vessel to you, the King of glory. And all God's children said, Let's pray. And Father, we thank you for the message. We love you. And we bless you. And oh God, by radio and by television, and even in this congregation, the young and the old, even our visitors, we all need to be awakened to the fact that you were born to die. And we need to repent of apathy and being slouchy with you. We do our deeds and add a little bit of Jesus to it and think you're going to say, well done. I pray that we wake up. I pray that sinners be called uh, to salvation. Backsliders, backsliders uh, we be reclaimed. And folk who are lost be saved today. I pray that Satan not... Keep folk pinned to the seat and miss, and miss the Christ of Christmas. We ask these blessings in Jesus' name. All God's children said. As committed children of the only true and living God, we walk by faith and not by sight. Life on earth is not easy. Yet, even in the midst of trials and tribulations, we have joy, hope, peace, strength, and God's blessed assurance as we face trials. Best yet, we look forward to hearing our Savior say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant, and eternal life with our Lord and Savior. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.